Welcome to Work Happy, the new podcast all about workplace happiness brought to you by Worklife with me, journalist Angelica Malin. This season, we're going on a journey to dig deep into the secrets of workplace happiness with advice from experts, entrepreneurs and coaches in the field. Britain is the UK's leading intuitive business coach, working with individuals to harness the power of their intuition, gain clarity of purpose, boost self-confidence and address limiting beliefs. Her clients range from professional sports people to business leaders to those who simply feel they've lost their way. Her work focuses on supporting budding business people to move from founder to fruition and she specialises in working with high achieving women and mumpreneurs. Caroline is unique in operating at the junction of business and spirituality. Caroline, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Can you tell me in a nutshell about the work that you do? So I am a coach, an intuitive mindset coach. So I do a lot of work with all sorts of people from sports professionals to actors to CEOs to people in corporates to people who are looking for a career change. You name it, I do it. But um, I guess that my specific style of coaching is very much I'm a big believer in order to get the transformation you have to do the internal work first so you can do all the strategy and all the goal setting you like but if you don't work on the way that you view yourself and the world it's very difficult to make the shift so that's my area of expertise is sort of getting in there and really understanding how people's subconscious works the blocks they have and then getting them back into alignment so they can get to where they need okay, to be. So I have so many questions, but firstly, <laughs> I'd just like to know, like, what was your journey into doing this? What were you doing before? So I, I think like a lot of people, I came out of university, I did a bit of traveling, and then I went into a management consultancy in London, where I worked for 14 years. Um, I have always worked with kind of people, talent development, um, appraisals, feedback, improving trust in the company. So I've always been very motivated by the HR side of things. Um, but I, I think like a lot of people was very ego driven in that environment so it was all about the next promotion or the next step or how am I going to get to the next goal and after having my second child um, I guess I just started unraveling a bit um, I was pretty unhappy pretty disconnected from what I want and I'd so bought into the story about all the reasons I couldn't leave my corporate job why I couldn't set up on my own um, these all these limiting beliefs and then as is always the way this wonderful universal synchronicity aligned and I ended up um, getting um, poorly and then hitting a bit of a rock bottom of anxiety had a panic attack and um, just got signed off from work and reassessed and just thought Mm -hmm. what am I doing and then that's when my internal work on myself started um, and that's when all these other amazing opportunities started um, lining up. And I started really exploring the fact that I wanted to help other people do the same. I became a coach. And then over the last three years, I've got to where I am now, which is um, amazing, you know, working with all these incredible clients. When you say that you like did the internal work, what did that actually look like? So the first thing I did is looked at the stories I was telling myself. So what did I believe to be true about myself? Um, what things were I was I telling myself about why I couldn't go after what I wanted? Um, how much was I being led by fear rather than love? Um, what um, 
I just got really reflective. And for me, it started by a lot of reading. So I started getting really drawn to a lot of books and then doing the exercise in the book and working on myself. And then I literally saturated myself in it. I was going to Kundalini Yoga, Reiki, acupuncture, you name it, meditation, everything I was doing. It's like a kind of boot camp. And the more I did it, it's like more, it was hard, but it's like it fit in the gym, it's, it hurts a bit. The more I did it, the more I was peeling back layers. Um, and um, focusing on me and the conditioning and the stories. And what I often see is this kind of patriarchal conditioning that all of us have about everything being linear and it all about being about achievement and fear and scarcity. Mm. And I started researching the way the, wor- the world works, the universe works, and that's when all of this opened up to me. Mm, fascinating. I want to talk more about the, the patriarchal thing, but first, can you tell me a little bit about clairsentience and when you first realised you had clairsentient abilities and what you mean by it? Okay, so um, whenever I work with anybody, I always say that I'm a very emotionally intuitive coach. So there is a word for that, which is clairsentience. And clairsentience is the ability to be able to connect to somebody on a gut feel. So I can read um, somebody beyond the words and the actions that they're giving me. And I can intuitively know where there's blocks. Um, I know how to energetically shift people. I get downloads of visions for people. It can be from their past or their future that we need to work through and shift. Um, so I, it's really interesting. I come from... I mean, my dad's got a PhD in chemistry, so he's like Mr. Science, but it's actually down his bloodline. It's really interesting. So my great-grandmother, my auntie, my um, sister, all have this gift, um, kind of psychic gift and ability to be able to do amazing things. And I was really aware of it in my late teens and early 20s. And then when I got in the corporate world, it's like I disconnected from it and I had children. Even though I was quite intuitively led, it's probably not to the last five years that I've really connected back and I've realized how powerful it is so that's what I use whenever I work with anybody I use those skills so I kind of like to say I'm the strategy because that's my background of like let's be practical about this and show me the proof and show me the quantum physics behind it and why it works with more of the spiritual stuff which is we have great power within us and we're collectively all linked and how do we use that to create the life we want and the experiences we want and become the people we want mm-hmm. and that's what I do that's my kind of sweet spot merging the two I definitely feel like we struggle to connect with our intuition and I think it's something as you get older that becomes harder to connect with you get so many messages from other people and people telling you what to do with your life and you compare yourself to others and especially with social media mm-hmm. and that connection with intuition is very difficult Yes. Um, do you have any kind of advice to share for reconnecting with your intuition yeah yeah I do I think that in order so we've become so cerebral haven't we we constantly try and think our way out of problems rather than feeling our way Mm. so what we have to do is we have to create space it's very very difficult to connect to your intuition and your feelings if you're in your mind so there's loads of things you can try you can try meditation you can try breath work you can try walking, you can try exercise, but anything that connects you back to that feeling state, because our emotions are like a guidance system. They tell us when something's off, when we're out of alignment. So when I say out of alignment, it's coming to a state of resistance where things can't flow. Um, And our emotions can tell us that. So the more we can be in tune with our emotions by calming our mind, the better. So that's where I would start. Another great thing is through um, journaling. I mean, I'm a, my husband, honestly, I'm always, he's like, are you writing again? That's how I do it. I write everything out of me, any block, 
if I'm struggling to find the answer, I kind of just put a pen to paper and see where it flows. And eventually I get the answers. It's incredible. But what works for me would be different from what works for me. Yeah. But there's some ideas for people. Why do you think we have such resistance to some of the spiritual stuff? I feel like there's so much intimidation around kind of spiritual practices and wanting to open ourselves up. Like why, why do you think that is? It's the conditioning. I mean, 3,000 years ago, we didn't. We were, um, there's a brilliant book called Goddess Wisdom by Tanishka, and she talks about this. I mean, we, it used to be revered. You know, we used to work things around the cycle of the moon and the seasons and our intuition, and people used to come and consult goddesses on their intuitive gifts and whether they should go to war and what they should do. Um, and they were really revered. And then, you know, over the last 3,000 years, we've moved into this, what I call patriarchal conditioning. And this is not about saying we should have one over the other we need both in balance you know and 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 both men and female need 50 50 of both mm. and it's about um us being conditioned to see it all about science and strategy and i think that's like the growth of western medicine i think there's a lot of fear and i think that our brains have changed there's um what's the book called The Source by Dr. Tara Swartz. She talks about how our brains have evolved to kind of rely less on the feeling, intuitive parts. So we've evolved as a species, but we can get it back. Mm. And you can practice it. And I encourage everybody to start trying to connect more to that intuition, try and see beyond how we're conditioned as children. So I really encourage that with my kids. I really try and get them to intuitively feel into things rather than rationalizing and analyzing because there's so much power. There's so much power there. I mean, how many things have you done on a gut instinct that have worked out? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, and you know, even I think about when I was thinking about leaving the corporate world. Every bit of evidence suggested I shouldn't. You know, what did I know about growing a business, starting a business? Um, how would I pay my bills? I, you know, I didn't have a safety net. Every practical reason, but intuitively, I knew I was supposed to do it and go out there and serve and help people, and. If I hadn't followed that intuition, I'd be in a very different place mm. now. I think there's something so beautiful about intuition because, you, like you said, it doesn't always make sense. It's not totally rational. But I think that's the kind of magic of being human is that we make these decisions from a place that we don't really fully understand. Yeah. But you just have that sense of knowing and of, of you always know what feels right and what doesn't. And I think so much in my business, we've gone down routes that pro probably on paper weren't rational, but they felt right or we've worked with people that felt right and yeah. things that haven't. Yes. And uh, that's like your internal compass. But I think in, in the modern world, it is hard to connect with it. Absolutely. So coming on to like professional life, a lot of the work you do with clients is helping them connect with what they want to be doing and kind of go down professional avenues that they feel satisfied by. Um, how do you help people find a career they're passionate about and what can you do if you're not feeling passionate about your career, basically? So you start with the internal work. So I think you, what I always say to people is if you imagine like time, money and resources were no issue, what would you be doing? Because mm. the amount of people who come to me and say, I just don't know, Caroline, like I'm stuck, I've got no idea. They always do know. They've always got some ideas in there. So I ask them, what brings you joy? And I've had so many clients say, well, painting, but how can I possibly earn money? And they've gone on to become successful illustrators and be stopped in liberty and have a successful business. We so often block ourselves from um, going after what feels right. And I completely believe that desire is like the universe acting through us. And what we feel compelled and drawn towards and what brings us joy is what we're kind of put here to do. So I'd I'd say to people to think about what it is that brings them joy. 
And what are the stories that they're telling themselves that are blocking that? Mm. And are they true? Because we all tell ourselves these things about why we can't do it or the kind of person we are. And they're just constructed. We all construct these stories and everybody has the ability to choose a different story. So that's one option. Another thing which clients love is to write a letter from fear and write a letter from love. So you write yourself from fear and say all the things that you're fearing about the change and things that could go wrong and you kind of give it a voice. Then you sort of ground yourself and about five minutes later you write back from love, your soul, your intuition. Um, And then you ultimately have a choice which letter you get to keep. Are you going to keep the fear letter and buy into that story? Or are you going to choose the love letter and condition yourself with different thoughts? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, that's what it is. All of us who are doing big things are because we have the self-belief and the vision and the mindset in the right place. And it doesn't mean it's easy because I find the hardest thing about having my own business I'm fine with the work and the kind of capability and the talent. It's the mindset. Even when I get to the next level, I have to do the mind. And you'll find this, mm-hmm. like, have to do the next level of mindset. The next self-doubt or something comes in that we have to shift through. We have to go through another layer of something that's surface for us. So it's a constant process. Mm-hmm. But it's one that you have to do in order to get yourself to the next stage. Yeah, definitely. It's such a mindset shift. Like, you know, I recently hired some new staff and I think I've been telling myself a story that I could only have a certain amount of employees. Mm -hmm. And then when it came to it and I had to hire two new people, I was so scared and you sit with that fear. Mm -hmm. But actually that's when you grow because you're like, actually, I can can manage a team of five or whatever it is. And and that's where the growth happens. But I think we have something where we're really scared of the feeling of fear. Mm -hmm. So like, I think you feel fear fear and you feel like that it fear that sensation of fear is telling you, you shouldn't be doing something whereas like no it's just a feeling of fear but it doesn't mean it's the wrong decision it's just that you're scared you're absolutely right and i say that to people like fear is not a bad thing fear happens when we grow and growth is uncomfortable and mm. um, the only problem with fear is when it dictates what you do and goes in the driving seat that's when it becomes a problem but so as soon as people feel these uncomfortable emotions, they want to come out of a comfort zone, then the uncomfortable feelings come up because it's triggering. We have to deal with parts of our ego and our shadow self and everything that comes up. And people think, well, that's it's obviously a bad sign, but it's not. It's a necessary part of your growth. So now when I feel fear or some uncomfortable or scared about something, I think, ah, and so it begins like, right, this is because I'm up leveling and this is because I'm getting to the next stage. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important that people differentiate between that, that it doesn't, um, it's not supposed to be an absence of fear in order for it to be right. It's just you have to make sure you're not being motivated by it. And I see so many people, when you write down all the reasons they're staying in the corporate job or they won't move or they won't set up their business, they're fear-based and all the other side is love-based. And then you say, well, look at how you're making your decision-making process, Mm. and you can shift that. Mm, Totally, I mean, it's fascinating. On the mindset front, Mm. what are some of the stuff that you personally do to kind of create a more positive mindset and help your mindset shift? Oh, I do loads. I mean, I... I mean, like most people, I mean, I'm busy. I've got two small children, and I run my own business, and there's a lot going on. So I understand... And people worry about time, but you can absolutely do something in five minutes. So the first thing I will do is affirmations. So I make sure that I'm constantly programming my mind for success. And I use my physiology, kind of Tony Robbins it. So, you know, 
money flows to me easily and effort. I mean, you can see sitting in front of me, I'm using money flows to me easily and effortlessly. I'm successful. I have my dream business. I'm so grateful for all my clients, whatever it might be. I also meditate and visualize. So I visualize what I want to attract because remember, whatever we focus on, we get back. So if you're in a state of focusing on what you don't want, I don't want to be broke, I don't want to leave my job and not be successful, I don't want my business to go wrong, I don't want to hire the wrong people, you get that back. Mm -hmm. If you can shift your focus, so I make sure that I'm visualising what I do want, and then goals, like writing down, even on a daily basis, what you want, what you want to bring in your life, all in the affirmative, in the present, I am moving into my dream house, I'm running my dream business, whatever it might be. And I do that all the time. And the last thing I do is I'm really aware of my emotional state. So this isn't about being constantly joyous, but if I notice that I'm feeling a bit rubbish or fearful or anxious, I recognize that I've come out of alignment. So I'm like, okay, I'm grateful for that emotion because it's showing me I'm in a state of resistance. What thought sits behind it? What thought do I need to change in order to shift my state back? Um, and you get really good at it the more you practice it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's having that mastery almost that you constantly work on which thought you're going to choose because we get like 80,000 a day or something. But we have the ability to choose which one we buy into. Um, and the more you can practice doing that, the better because then you're constantly moving your vibrational state. So it's the thought that created the emotion and the emotion is like a tell. Yeah, so your thought creates your feeling which creates the action. So if you're thinking this is never going to work, you feel despondent and negative, so you act Mm. from that place. If you're saying to yourself, this is going to be successful, I'm going to scale my business, I'm going to hit all this, you feel excited, passionate, motivated, you act from that place. So it's like a direct correlation going on all the time. Mm. So when we talk about positivity and we say positive mindset, it's not quite a question of just only having positive thoughts, but it's, I suppose, not paying as much attention to the negative ones, not hanging on to them the same way. Yeah, so we have about 90 seconds when a thought comes in that we kind of process it and then we get to choose um, whether our mind gets to rule and pick that thought or not so I think that's really important it's not about feeling great all the time but it's about catching yourself in the moments remember the emotions are our guidance system that's what they're there for it's brilliant they're like a a compass for us whether we're on the right path or not and if you're feeling that you're having some of these negative emotions come back to the thoughts and think how can I choose to see this differently but our subconscious is a bit like training an animal. It's through repetition, so you have to keep practicing. Mm. So I would do something as simple as thinking about a positive statement. Um, to, I'll give you this example recently. I've been really working really hard to get to a certain like point in my business, um, and I've pretty much done it. And then all of a sudden, this sort of fear has been coming up of surely like there's one more thing I can do. Do you ever get that when you get in that mentality? Surely there's one more thing I could do or mm. think of. And I started saying to myself, like, relax, it's like a done deal. Trust, it's good, it's all come together. And I'm programming myself with like reminders. I've got it on my screen at home, it's on my window, it's everywhere. And that's completely changed my emotional state from control to trust. Mm. And it's really interesting. That's worked really, really well for me. 
Amazing. How about though, so we've talked about how you can kind of do the internal work, but what about external factors? So you're trying to create this really positive mindset and then what if like, your partner, for example, doesn't really approve of what you're doing or you're around people who are telling you it's not possible? How do you kind of buffer the outside world? Do you know what? I love that question. I get asked that a lot and I've just got asked it in a corporate presentation I did earlier. What do you do about, you know, you you wake up, you listen to, he, the guy said, I listen to Radio 4 and then I read the Metro and I get into work and I'm just like, what is the point? And he runs this this business. Um, you have to be really protective of your environment. Mm. So I am so, so careful about what I listen to, what I read and who I surround myself with. Um, and I take it really seriously. Um, and I think it's really important that you are very, very mindful of the kind of energy of people words, written words, spoken word that you're putting in front of yourself. Um, so I make sure that I read like positive things before I go to bed because it's like eight hours of subconscious programming time. So imagine the difference, like you go to bed and you've just read all these horrible things on your phone, the bright white light that affects all your kind of serotonin levels, or you've read a really positive uplifting book. You fall asleep, you've got eight hours of subconscious programming time. You get to choose which one goes in. Mm. So I'm really, really careful about that. And and I'm sure you found this as well, very careful about who I talk to about my business. Um, tend to only talk to people who I know are really supportive because we don't need people telling us things that we fear anyway. Yeah. So I'm really, really, you know, it doesn't mean you have to cut people out of your life, but you just do need to be careful about it. You don't need people planting all these weeds in your mind. Mm. You don't. I guess, yeah, it's the people that you go to for career advice. Like some people who just have a more negative outlook on life are going to make you feel like things aren't possible and that's dangerous. I think on the on the front of kind of what you let in, it's the, it's the mindlessness about it all that scares me is that you can be on Twitter before bed and you don't really even know what you're letting in mm -hmm. and I, it's come up a lot recently because of the extin Extinction Rebellion protests mm -hmm. and that people were retweeting videos of the protesters getting pulled down from things and, yeah. and acts of violence and actually people were saying I don't want this on my feed but you can't control what, what videos you're being shown yeah. so I think creating boundaries is, is a really sensible thing to do. I want to touch briefly on kind of generational work habits. Something I really feel is millennials and Gen X have yeah. a quite a different approach to work and it's sort of a lot less linear perhaps than it might have been for our parents' generation. Yeah. Have you felt that with the work that you do? Oh, absolutely. There's a shift. I mean, I was just chatting to somebody about it earlier. I did a corporate presentation um, about three or four years ago that's just really come into my mind today and just done... Um, one today and the difference in the people around the room what motivates them the things that they want to have on the agenda the way that they're looking at their ability to impact each other each other's happiness the kind of energy around the room what's motivated people so there's a massive shift and we started looking at things differently which is reward comes from linear progression and climbing up this career ladder to what about how I feel and what about experiences and what about me giving something back what about I mean I I mean obviously I'm a spiritual coach as well so I'm a real believer and we're in a period of like elevated consciousness where we're all becoming much more aware of the greater good and how we contribute mm. um, and I think it, you're starting to see in corporates and this investment in well-being people's happiness it is wonderful to see and there's so much more of an integration that work isn't this kind of separate entity of something you go to get paid to do yeah but actually it's an integration between work and life yeah and and bringing it all together I mean we're in work life at the moment so that 
that works well. Yes. Um, <laughs> but bringing them together and, and the sense of purpose kind of driving everything. I feel like there's more of a narrative with your work now. Yes. I've definitely felt that with my friends, that yes. they're not going somewhere to get paid, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. Do you think there's more of an entrepreneurial spirit coming through kind of generational as well? Absolutely. I mean, I'm seeing such a shift. I run something called a Fear to Founder program, which is transitioning people from the workplace into setting up their own business. And it's just growing and growing and growing because people want to have freedom and have experiences. And um, I think the workplace has to be really, the corporate world has to be very careful to keep up with this because there's a real desire that if you're not getting it, in the corporate world, then you'll go and find it mm. somewhere else. And we, we've got the technology, we've got access to the internet, we've got an ability to have a platform for free with these social media channels. There's a lot of good things that are going on for us collectively that are enabling us to kind of take away from the, um, I don't want to say shackles because I think there's a lot of good about the corporate world and a lot of good experiences, but they have to keep up, they have to evolve. And the evolvement comes when they start placing less value on ego and external validation and more on the internal workings and motivation and authenticity of the people who work there. Yeah, well, I think what worries me is that people, um, it, it has been very glamorized to run your own business, to be your own boss, and people say, oh, we go and get the freedom, but unless you're kind of mentally prepared for it, you know, the corporate world provides a structure and stability and, and payroll and all those really nice things. And a team uh, and lots of, you know. And yeah, and socially it's it's yeah. really big, and actually there's, there's a lot of downsides to doing your own thing. It's hard, it's lonely, like it's grueling. Yes. Yes. And I think unless you're mentally prepared for that shift, it's not quite as glamorous as you yeah. as you might hope. So yeah. it's, I suppose it's doing the work before you leave if that's what you want to do. But there's also absolutely nothing wrong with staying in a structure. Yes. And I think yeah, I completely people get agree. a bit obsessed with running their own business. I'm like, wait, you yeah. know, get make sure you're ready, basically. Um, what about um, flexibility in the workplace? So like flexible working, is that something you're seeing more, more and more people want? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I think, um, yeah, more people want flexibility. I think that... They want to have opportunities to move across um, different departments, to travel, to have different experiences, to give something back, to do pro bono work. There's a real shift to share maternity and paternity leave, to have more opportunities to make their work. Um, because we can, we can move around remotely and we can work around our children. And I think there's a big shift. I mean, the company that I work for were brilliant at that, um, about people working remotely and mm -hmm. having that flexibility. So I think there's... I've seen a real shift. I think there's probably still some catching up to be done in other firms. Yeah. Um, but for sure, we're going that way. Yeah, we're going the right way. I also think co-working spaces like the one we're recording in at the moment have provided so much opportunity for people to work for themselves but not be working alone, not be yes. working from home. Um, do you think it's important for people to like feed off each other's energy? Absolutely, I do. And I think that the opportunities that opens up with the networking um, the ability to feel supported because it can be lonely, can't it? Mm. And sometimes I find that it's like only I, I mean, I have a team, but I make the decisions and it's difficult. Mm. Um, and my husband does his best, but you know, it's sometimes good to have like minded people. And I think you feed off the energy. I think when you are inspired and you're feeling creative, you act from a different place. So something like this, which is amazing, you've got an ability to be able to work next to people and feed off that energy in the room and the excitement. Mm. And also you never know what opportunities it'll present for you. Yeah, definitely, you're just out and interacting with other people. Um, so on the team front, um, 
Do you have any advice, Cheryl, on kind of fostering a sense of shared purpose and how you kind of get your team aligned? Yeah, I think it's really important that I really go with my gut. I'm sure you do as well when you're hiring. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's about having people who feel right for me. They feel aligned with what I'm trying to do. They give off the energy of what I want my company to be perceived as. So they're like open, they're collaborative, they're warm, they care. And I think it has to come back to the values that you have for your business. And do the people that you're hiring reflect those? Are they a mirror for those values? Because they're the face to a lot of people. You know, a lot of client or customer interaction is going to go through them. So I think have that hat on i certainly do when i'm thinking about who's going to come and work with me i think about what my values are what i want to be known as as a brand and they're like they're part of your brand so do they represent that that's Mm. where i always start so it's kind of doing the work to work out what you're all about before you go out and hire have your sense of self and your ethos and your purpose absolutely down on paper i suppose And and to tell them about it you know to tell them about what your um, you want to do what you're about, what's important to you, what your priorities are, and get a read on them. You mm. can read people, can't you? You can read an energy about whether they're genuinely engaged, whether um, that's the way that they operate, and always go with your gut. Mm. I think it's the hardest thing, actually, people in a business. It's the hardest thing to find the right people to keep them, to keep them motivated. It, it's it's the bit, I think, that no one really teaches you how to do. Mm-hmm. You can go on courses to learn how to do Excel and, and your bookkeeping, but actually how to manage people, how to yeah. hire the right people, that yeah. stuff is intuitive, and it can be very difficult and, and very costly for businesses. It can, but I think the most important thing is that people feel valued I think that's the biggest thing you can and people energetically feel that off you they know if they're valued they know um, the energy behind the way that you're working interacting with them so it's coming from the right intention Mm. um, because I think there's a ripple effect and I think your team pick up on your emotional state I'm sure of it yeah especially in a small business you just can't hide these things can you you've got to take personal as a person who's running the business you've got to take personal responsibility for your emotional state and the way you're operating because it creates a ripple people are sort of they're watching and they're observing for whether it's a manager a ceo Mm. people are they're absorbing that what about worth work-life balance so um do you do you feel like you have a good work-life balance how have you put that in place because i find it so difficult running my own thing i'm the worst for kind of being on my emails late at night and yeah wanting to do it when i'm on holiday how how have you found that so Part of the reason I wanted to leave the corporate world is I wanted to pick my kids up at three. That was a big thing for me. That was a real, you know, we all need a why, don't we? We all need an emotional attachment to setting up our business to keep us motivated. And that was one of a few for me um, and my most important one. So I recognise in order to do that, I had to have boundaries. I'm not brilliant at boundaries. I'm a real people pleaser. I want people to like me. I'm always like, I've always been conditioned, I think, to think the harder I work, the more successful I am. So again, you never run out of things to do with your own business, do you? So you have to have boundaries in place. So I quite literally sat there and said, what are my boundaries? What are my non-negotiable ones? So I'll work one day a week. I have Fridays off and no clients come in on that day. I don't do anywhere. I try and take whatever it is that's important to me. And another thing I did recently, which I really, really recommend, is I took my month... And rather than slotting in me time around it, the first thing I did was put in things that bring me joy. Mm. So I was like, right, I'm going to work out three mornings a week. I'm going to have a Friday off and I'm going to see friends for coffee. And then the rest came in around it. And it's a complete reverse of the way that I'd usually do things. 
Um, but I think you have to be very, very careful that you have boundaries because our businesses have to be sustainable and our self-care is part of our business strategy. So the bigger your business is and the more that you grow, the more you have to invest in your self-care because it's proportional. Because yeah. when we're looking after ourselves, we're more creative, we're problem solvers, we can think more clearly. Um, so you, often people see it separately and I've started seeing it as a whole. Actually, self-care is part of the business strategy, it's part of the growth, so I have to take it seriously. Yeah, well, when you're the one running the thing, you have yeah. to be you have to be on it, you have to be sharp, and you can't let yourself run down to the ground, I guess. Um, just to summarise, do you have any kind of top tips for workplace happiness? So a few kind of key things that you've learned about being happy and fulfilled by your work. Okay, so I think the first thing is to check in with yourself and be honest. How do you really feel? What kind of um, thoughts or limiting stories are getting in the way and what can you do to shift them is the first thing. The second thing is to be authentically yourself. So, so often we don't bring our whole self to the table. So I think, think about ways in which you can show up and be more authentic. Because um, I definitely, you know, hid my kind of intuitiveness in the workplace rather than owning it a bit. And it would have been so useful, you know, for them. I had so much to offer. Um, I think you've got to learn to say no and you've got to have boundaries. So you've got to work out what's right for you and then work out how you can make it happen and whether that's boundaries or certain actions you need to take. And the last thing I'd say is that you have to start small. People think it's like all or nothing or like a big thing you have to do. Just start making incremental steps that you know. So it could be you block out an hour for your lunch break, you um, meditate in the morning, you're doing your affirmations, it could be anything, but start small and then just keep adding to it and then soon you're gonna see quite a lot of change. Mm, make small shifts. Small shifts. And then finally, what do you do for yourself for like stress management and keeping yourself sane and happy? Oh gosh, I love um, walking. I walk a lot and I put a podcast on. Um, obviously the usual hang out with friends, family and drink wine, that's always good. And then um, I do a lot of kind of kundalini yoga, a lot of journaling. Um, I am like really own my kind of things that I need to work through. So that all helps for me. But a big one is like trying to create some space, not always being on, not always working, not always pushing, just trying to be a bit more. Mm, just trying to exist. You're making me want to go for a walk. <laughs> I think I might do. Thank you so much for my joining pleasure. me on the podcast. If people would like to find out more about you and your business, where should they go online? So they can go to my website, which is www.caroline-britain.com or I'm Caroline Britain Coaching on Instagram. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me, Caroline. Thank you for having me. listening to this week's episode of Work Happy. If you're looking to work happier, book your free week at any work life space at work.life forward slash free trial. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to share, subscribe, rate and review. We'll see you next time. And until then, work happy. Candy Store production for Work Life, hosted by Angelica Malin and produced by Van Connor. T-shirt weather by Poddington Bear appears under Creative Commons 3.0 with podcast recording facilities in partnership with Work Life. Visit work.life for more information and you can find us at candystoreproductions.co.uk.